0: The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network.
1: Oh, yeah! This is the Cigar Authority. Have uh, you any imported cigars? The Authority on Everything Cigar... In and out of the cigar industry. We're on a mission from God. With your host...
2: A jelly donut!
1: David Garofalo.
2: How did it get here?
1: Mr. Jonathan. I hear you, <laughs> and I care. Barry Stein. I'm going use my spare glove compartment underwear as a napkin. And Ed Sullivan.
0: They don't have a listing for Mr. Wonderful.
3: What uh, spelling did you
1: use? It's time to light him up.
2: Smoke if you got him.
1: It's time for the Cigar Authority.
4: I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbells. Light
5: them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. Saturday, January 26, 2019. Tobacco farming in the Connecticut Valley has a long history. When the first settlers came to the Valley in 1630s, tobacco had already been grown by a native population. With us is the man who loves the history, taste, and life in Connecticut, the wise man, El Wawense, Nick Malillo from Foundation Cigars, is here with us. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. Thanks for having me, guys. It's Thank a pleasure you. to be
6: here. And you're listening to the Cigar Authority now in its ninth year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast, awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine, awarded the top. 10 educational podcast by Podbean, four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar radio at its finest, the Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. You catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. Nick bellillo thanks for coming. Thanks for
7: having me. This is a pleasure to be here. This is getting to be an annual thing, maybe, hopefully. I would love to. I uh, flew right. in right from Nicaragua wow. to be here. So, um, you know, right. once you guys told me, I said I wouldn't miss it for, for the world. All right. You were the perfect one. This was actually, this show is a,
5: a listener who wrote into us and said, why don't we do a show where we talk about the history of Connecticut tobacco? And Ed Sullivan, our producer, said, I know the perfect guy that would be the perfect person, and it's you that you uh, not only love it, you grew up there, and uh, then you moved to Nicaragua, you've been all around the world, and you end up back in Nicaragua, uh, back in Connecticut, and not only just
7: in Connecticut, but your offices are on a tobacco farm. That is true. That was my dream from the beginning. So, um, you know, starting the company three years ago, I said, we have to have our home offices in the heart of the connecticut river valley in windsor so uh yeah it's awesome because that's where it all happens folks when you talk about this tobaccos uh and he'll get
5: into all of that this is where it happens so he's the perfect person and what a perfect cigar to start the show off with today is a new tabernacle that's out there barry tell us a little about it and nick will correct you after you're done
4: I'm sure that'll happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, today's first cigar is the Tabernacle Havana Seed Connecticut number no. 142, and it's manufactured in Nicaragua for Foundation Cigar Company. We're about to light up the 5x50 Robusto and it features a Connecticut grown Havana Seed No. 142 wrapper, San Andreas binder, fillers from Nicaragua and Yamastron in Honduras. A cigar single cigar will set you back 1069. While a box of 24 is 22699 which is a savings of almost $30 or 12% off the box price at twoguyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. Wow, so we're looking at a three-country blend here.
7: That's true. Three-country yes. blend. Okay, it's yes. time
5: to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Prodomo is the brand. While all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax, and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. So what did he get wrong there?
7: You know, he did a pretty good job. Okay. Uh, he had all the details... Right on. You know, the the Cuban seed, we're going to get into in a little bit, was uh, brought to the Valley 1870s, and I actually learned through my research uh, recently, which I hadn't read before, the U.S. Department of Agriculture actually distributed the seed in Connecticut at this time. So um, this is one of the varieties of that seed called 142, which was actually hybridized with other Cuban seeds in the valley to become more resistant to black shank in the Ah. field. So that's one of the, instead of using different fertilizers or pesticides, is to develop the seed so it's stronger in the field. So how long has this been used? This is this seed has been used for the past um, 50 years, but not really. Nobody has grown this one. I actually found it in the, the vaults of the Connecticut Experiment wow. Station um, because there's all different types of varieties of these seeds throughout the past 100-plus yeah. years. And this one really took to me because the oils, uh, the body of the leaf. Well, you've been around a long time. You remember
6: in the 90s, black shank was a major problem there in
7: Connecticut. Major problem. Yeah, yeah major problem.
6: I think so, it's bad getting shanked in prison. Try getting shanked on the field. Oh, man, you can lose your... Lose it uh,
7: all. You can
5: lose it all. Lose Literally, it all. yeah. All right, let's light her up. Let's and see what do this it. is about. First off, in the dry taste
6: here, very sweet, very um, raisiny. It's a it's a it's like a bourbon and molasses barbecue Morasses. rub with a little of uh, maybe like a, a lemon rind thrown in there, lemon the, zest. I love it.
7: I love it. I've been, I've been telling people compared to the broadleaf tabernacle, this Cuban seed is more like your rye compared to your your regular bourbon. Ah.
5: Okay. The insides of this is different though. In, in your regular tabernacle,
7: too. So this yeah. is an altogether different cigar. Well, there's similarities between the, the broadleaf, but definitely because of the wrapper change, uh, the blend had to be tweaked accordingly okay. to accommodate for the wrapper. So you have different Visos in... in hamastron tobacco? In, there's in, a little bit of hamastron, yeah. In this, but not in... There is in the oh, other and one both. also. Oh, I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you have different variations of, of some Visos from Jalapa and Esteli, um, and the binder remains the same also. But again, very different wrapper different animal compared to the broadleaf.
6: We're going to light our cigar today with the Vertigo intimidator. This is a four jet color changing lighter with the patented Vertigo big ass tank, easy adjustment at the bottom and a neck that could be straight or if you're going to use it like Barry does as a pocket lighter to impress the ladies. <laughs> you just bend it a little bit to the right there and you're good to go. There we go. Vertigo. Intimidator, don't be
5: intimidated. For
6: twenty four ninety nine, that's the amazing thing there. The big ass tank. That's Ooh. right. Yeah. Other lighter companies uh, have tried to come out with big ass tanks, yeah. and they get sued. They can't do it. This is no, patented. This is the patented, <laughs> patented technology. Because he told them that.
5: Every time I go, say to the the guy at ipcpr trade show to say it and he goes why and i said just say <laughs> it because
6: it's your commercial <laughs> it's a nice line these things
5: just stick and that's it would you say that this tabernacle is more or less strength wise than and and what would
7: i call it this is you know I say the regular tabernacle in this is... So Tabernacle Broadleaf, and then you have the tab- Tabernacle Havana Seed, okay. Connecticut. It's kind of a long name, the yep. Havana Seed, but I really wanted to make sure people understood it was Cuban Seed grown in the Connecticut River Valley because it's very unique in yeah. that respect. Okay. Because yeah, you have a lot of Cuban Seeds all over Well, when over I had heard you were coming out of Connecticut, I was very excited, and
5: I thought I was going to get a Shade Tabernacle, and then this came in, and I said... I, they put the wrong cigars in the box, and then it's Havana Seed, and I said, okay, but boy, this looks the
7: same. You know, it has similar looks. There's a little bit of a rosado yeah, tint to it. A, there's yeah, there's a little tinge. And there. when you see it in the beginning stages, it has much more of a rosado uh, tint to it. But if you compare them, you'll, you'll definitely see that rosado tint to the wrapper. All right. Toothy, um, toothy. It's very toothy, yeah. very oily. This is the, the difference between this and the broadleaf. The broadleaf broad is much bigger. The vein, vein structure is much bigger. Um, this is a lot thinner, narrower. You get better yields in, in the fields, but it's tremendously oily daily to the leaf. So it's thin, but you have a tremendous amount of oil. This is what takes so long for it to ferment. This has been fermenting for three years. Oh, I was just know, ask that we, question. we launched it at the show in, in July. We were hoping it would come out in the fall. It just wasn't ready. And it just started shipping in December um, because you have to be very careful with the leaf in fermentation because that layer of oil, there's a window about this big when it's ready. If you take it too far, it's over. Yeah. It's over. And then yeah. you over-fermented the tobacco. There's no flavor left, and it literally will disintegrate. If it's too early, it's not going to have the combustion. Um, sometimes the flavor is there. will be a little bit green. So it's a very delicate wrapper to use. You don't see many people using this style because no. of the time it takes okay. in fermentation and because it's so difficult in the fermentation. So you're,
6: you're looking at seeds, and you're like, oh, I, I think I'd li- like to do an experiment with this. And mm-hmm. now you're looking at a minimum four year proposition before you know if it's something that's usable
7: yeah if you want to do it if you want to do it right um, I had worked with other varieties of it and I was familiar with this seed variety so is this kinda, an, is this an answer to the broadleaf that you can't get it
5: it's tough to get and here's something maybe you can get No this is also difficult to
7: get All right. um, and again because it takes so long so you're planning in production imagine you're planning three years out. And, for you know, some that just hasn't even sold yet. You're correct. Um, so it's actually more difficult than broadleaf to cure, uh, but it's just something you know. Being from the from Connecticut yeah. and the Valley, and I just I'm You're in the love geek with this of
5: leaf. Geeks, yeah.
7: You should try Sumatra or something. <laughs> you can get a hold of. <laughs> You're right. <Yeah. laughs> Make life
5: easier for you, but it's it's a unique taste. There's no doubt, right? So yeah, I mean yes. it's it's different than the other. Um, I did smoke both of them, one in on one hand, one on the other, to say, you know, they, they look similar. What is the difference here? They taste different. But I would say this is uh, more up my alley, that, that it's maybe toned down a bit. Yeah. It's, it's still there with some power, but toned down a bit. Uh, I like it. Yeah.
8: Wow. That's I like
5: an it. honor. It is. <laughs> I honor. don't throw them around. I, they're like sewer covers, man. Of, of, <laughs> that, you know, a fuller body cigar that is up my alley. There's not a lot. Yeah. So, I like it. Um, So, let's get into the history of the Connecticut tobacco. Why you love it. And why should we?
7: (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I love it. I'm I'm a little bit biased being from Connecticut, uh, New Haven. So, you know, the cigar history in New Haven, factory-wise, all my grandparents, great-grandfathers, you know, smoked Connecticut cigars. So that's sort of how it was introduced for the love of cigars was through my grandfathers. And then I just started diving into the history, the culture of Connecticut tobacco, which is, you know, it's one of the only places in the United States that grows cigars tobacco, uh, whereas... And people always ask, of all places in the United States, why there? So, Connecticut. Connecticut, the actual word Connecticut is a Mohawk word uh, that means alongside the Great Tidal River. So, this is really where the story starts in this period of time called the Pleistocene era. This was an era from about 2.5 million years ago until about 11,500 years ago where when this glacier receded, first it left this lake, which a lot of people don't know about, called Lake Hitchcock, which was a very large uh, lake. If we go to slide 2 Please, you can, you can actually... So these uh, people
5: that are watching us on YouTube... Uh, One more, Ed Sullivan. You can uh, see some oh, no pictures mas. that they
7: have, those that we'll explain. One more. Sorry.
5: We'll explain yeah. there, we go. there we go. So,
7: so this is the, the lake. As you can see, when this started to recede down through the north of Connecticut, that was the largest part of this lake, it was almost like a funnel, you know, And then as it started to receive, it left the Connecticut River. We're looking at 406 miles long, the largest river in the northeast. When it came through the north of Harford, left these perfect meadows for growing black tobaccos, cigar tobaccos, because of this sandy loom... Soil that was left from this, this great
6: lake. Yeah, all, all the it, nutrients that yeah. got pulled off the mountains. It's funneled right through to yeah. about
7: 30,000 acres in that Windsor Windsor uh, area of Connecticut and just left this sandy loom soil. So you're looking at a very large portion of sandy loom and then clay about, let's say, one quarter compared to three quarters of sandy loom. So you get this irrigation of water through the soil where the plant is able to establish a very large root and strong root system to grow really healthy tobacco. Um, and that's really where it, where it started in Connecticut. So everything grows good in Connecticut? Well, this valley, when the settlers first came in you know, the 16, 1630s there, yeah, everything was growing really, really well. And then people really started to take uh, on to tobacco at that time in the 1630s, um, sixteen thirty five. Sorry, I'm not really going that's along right. well with my uh, <laughs> with my slideshow. That's all right. Um, but we, he, t- he took the serious, folks. We asked him to come in here, to tell us about <laughs> it,
5: and he brought it back as you as you heard to uh, 200 BC, point 2, 2. five million years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So which I, I thought he, we'd start like in the 1990s, but we're, <laughs> we're gonna we're
7: gonna start back there.
5: We'll get play, there. take a while. to we'll Get, get comfortable.
7: <laughs> which which is interesting about that time period two point five million years is that's when the first fossilized tobacco was actually found amazing which is uh we're going back now two slides Uh, (laughs) um it was found by a um dutch um Actually, this Dutch gentleman, Klaus Mitrani was his name from Peru, discovered the saber-toothed tiger. Uh, I forgot the name of the shark, the Meg- dung or something shark. <laughs> that was a gigantic shark at the time. He found uh, fossilized tobacco in Peru, wow. which makes sense because that climate at that time would be able to handle it because the north and south were too cold. And then over time the migration of homo sapiens really is the story of tobacco across the land bridge into the Americas. Yeah. And then we're looking at like, 2 B.C., 5 B.C., it's really debatable when they really started cultivating tobacco, because a lot of this history was you got it dialed
6: in within a couple years there. That's, that's yeah, not but, bad. You
7: no, know, that, <laughs> that was what we see in some of, you know, actual writings, and we have hard proof of it, that in Connecticut, in this area, um, indigenous tribes started yeah. actually using tobacco and smoking. You know, smoking really evolved, we think, out of this smudging ritual, which was basically where you were lighting different plants and herbs in a spiritual ceremony to sort of purify your, your temple, your, yeah. your, your, your space there. So that smudging was basically you'd light, you know, something and sort of move the smoke over, you know, your body. And depending on what it was, hallucin- hallucinogenics. And that's and, what tobacco yeah. was. You know, that's what the native tobacco, which we call nicotina rustica, we, we're smoking varieties of nicotinum tabacum. Nicotina rustica is hardly used. That's what mainly the indigenous tribes were using. Smaller leaves. They think it was wildly grown, but these leaves have 8 to 10% nicotine content. So, literally, one time I smoked it, it was in Vietnam. On a bus stop, I was using the restroom, and some gentlemen were smoking a bamboo water pipe. Didn't smell like anything funny. It smelled yeah. like tobacco. I tried it and literally almost fell down because it's it just gives you such a rush. So this was being used in ceremonial practice to communicate with the spirit world. So that you
5: understand eight to ten percent nicotine content, where we're looking at one to three percent of a cigar of nicotine content. Uh, Cigarettes way into the top, but, um, you know, there'll be a lot of times people say you are um, smoking cigars because you have to, because uh, you need that nicotine. It's you're hardly getting it. You know, a tomato is 5% nicotine where a
7: a premium cigar could be one to three. Yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine. uh, Let's try 10. You can imagine the head rush that, that would come from that. So, you know, at the time, you know, when tobacco was so-called discovered, I think some of the lighter tobaccos were in the Caribbean area. So when you come up to, you know, the 1600s and then Connecticut was found 1633, you had a lot of uh, trading between Jamestown. Of course, tobacco pretty much saved, you know, Jamestown. Yeah. And uh, it was desolate. Everybody was starving. And then That crop really saved the parish, and then it started trading up north. And in uh, 1613, a Dutch explorer found Connecticut. His name was Adrian Block. If you know Block Island, is named after him. So the Dutch were uh, very much interested in trading furs and whatnot. He found the Connecticut River, went up to the Connecticut River, all the way to Harford, and that's when Harford was established. But, of course, along the way... Tobacco was very much a part of the indigenous culture, and it was discovered then. Within five years, you know, people started actually growing tobacco on their homesteads.
6: Yeah. And, using and that's, how, that's how tobacco was consumed back then. They, they had it. They, everybody was growing tobacco, and you'd kind of make your cigars or, or smoke it in a pipe.
7: That, that was what people don't realize. Mainly in the North American tribes, it was mainly a pipe culture. Um, You had more of the cigar culture down in Central America and the Caribbean, but a lot of it at that time in the 1600s, mid-1600s, was uh, chew and also for pipes. And then you come into a gentleman by the name of uh, Mr. Putman. He was a Revolutionary War um, captain who um, had a fight in Cuba there, and he is said to really make cigar smoking more popular in Connecticut. So it was said that he brought up a lot of Cuban cigars, and then you have a seed trade happening between Virginia, uh, Cuba and then Connecticut. Of all places.
5: It seems so weird because we live up this way, but that's where you were born and brought up, and your
7: family has roots to it, and it's what Connecticut is all about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Connecticut. My family's Italian, um, so no, they, they weren't growing, but again. Um, they were smoking it. They were smoking, and I actually went to high school with one of the grandsons of F.D. Grave. Ah, okay. And son, so. All right, so that, when you were talking about Connecticut
5: cigars. F.D. Grave is a perfect example. There's Topper and there's Moneymaker and there's the, these cigar brands that... Topstone was yeah, one Top of them, Stone. yeah. Topstone. So you, as a young smoker, when you started out smoking, these are the cigar yeah, brands. It was for me, too. Topstone Extra Oscuro is yeah. one of my you know, yeah.
7: grandfather's staples. You At know, that time, Topper, of course.
5: And, and when Connecticut Broadleaf on premium cigars became very popular and stuff, this is what the flavor would bring me back to those low price cigars and we did it once before in the care package that we gave away a a topper cigar which is a low price cigar and people said what's up with this and we did a show on it and people said oh my god as as you smoke it well this is what some of these companies are looking for it's such a unique flavor is that
7: Connecticut Broadleaf that was sort of the inspiration for my Charter Oak brand was always to pay homage to those brands uh, from Connecticut I wanted to make value brands that we used we would sell
5: truckloads
4: of it I mean that's
5: when, when we started out with business that's what people smoked yeah. and then it
7: became higher end and higher end as it went on we actually just got uh, number one best value cigar of the year for charter oak uh cigar aficionado this and, last and
5: you guys got the number three cigar of all wow yeah
7: big honor i've been reading cigar aficionado since it's onset. so uh, as i look on that you beat out
5: Fuente, you beat out Padron, you beat out Cuban cigars. and all i can say is
7: fans of both companies. Yeah. Yeah. All I can yeah. say
5: is congratulations because as a, uh, but you know, a lot of people looking at your brands and stuff say, here's a young cigar maker and um, he is a young man, but the thing is, he has so many years in the business. He's one of the guys I can talk about in the old days because you as a
7: teenager was into this. I try not to talk about it too much because of all this FDA stuff, yeah. but 18, I started in the business. Yeah. yeah. 18, uh, started running a shop in Connecticut called the Calabash shop. Unbelievable. I was going to school studying international business and while I wasn't in class, I was running the shop. So I just fell in love with, if you see, you know, what I work on as far as brands, culture, history, I've always been in love with the human story, you know, and going back in time and seeing how we got to this point. Um, So cigar smoking was, you know, always fascinating to me. This modern day ceremony that we're all all still taking part. It's it's
5: a wonderful industry. If you love history and you love the cigar industry, you get to put both of them together, be creative at the same time. And how that. Huh? That's,
7: that's been great. Yeah. You know, to use the boxes and the bands as a canvas for yeah. that has been, and that's sort of how <laughs> foundation has evolved and, and come about. And, I, uh, I remember when the
5: El Wense came out and I'm scratching my head of trying to pronounce it and what's the story? You came, <laughs> you came in, you give me a beautiful mask that I have yeah. of it and explain to me the story behind it and it leads to a story, which is great for the consumer anyway, sure. is the story behind what this is and uh, because it's it's a historical product Cigars, it, never mind tobacco. You go deep into tobacco in, in Connecticut. It's just a... It's still a,
7: alive. Yeah. It's still alive
5: and, and rich today. Yeah. And you took it all the way to say, okay, let me even put my office
7: there. Had to do it. Yeah. Had to do it. There was no other way. And, and nobody else is doing that. No. You know, Florida is a lot more attractive as far as taxes yeah. and, and whatnot. Um, so we actually ship out of out of Florida, but our offices are, are right in the Connecticut yeah. Valley. So... Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic.
6: Fantastic. Is the is the Connecticut Valley in jeopardy as far as the value of the real estate growing tobacco versus putting up a Walmart?
7: Yeah. So, you know, in the 50s and 60s, that re- the suburbanization really started. So you started to see um, a decline of the amount of acreage and a lot of it selling out to properties. Now you have, you know, up the street from us is a Amazon Fulfillment Center, a million square feet. Um, you have UPS yeah, there. And so a lot of it has decreased, but now you have a lot of protection amongst certain areas. So you have land that's farming land that's marked for another hundred years so it's protected but then you have those other pieces of property which are definitely more valuable especially if you can build up yes you know so there's definitely um been a decline but i think what we have now is is pretty stable and as we'll get to you know connecticut broadleaf is in really great demand right now you're just
5: coming back from Nicaragua, yeah and, and you lived there for many, many years, quite the opposite where you go to connecticut you you go to Nicaragua, where there Uh, Never mind where the factories are, where they're making the cigars, but you go where the farms are, and there's villages, and there's people live, and they work the farm, and that's it. And you go to Connecticut, where the farms are, and there's the fulfillment center with millions (laughs) of things. There's a Walmart there. There's all kinds of stores, hustle and bustle. And you're driving past somebody who's not even realizing this is tobacco farming industry here. And here is Amazon, and here is Walmart,
7: and it was all tobacco fields. Yeah, it was. You know, you're talking at the height, 35,000 acres, especially in that Windsor area. They call it the Windsor soil. Yeah. it was just some of the richest, best, best soil. Is so that
6: why Connecticut Broadleaf is in sh- such high demand? Because those farming fields have been diminished?
7: That... That also over the years, but it's there's been a, you can't replicate this seed variety anywhere else. Whereas the shade seed variety has been replicated in Ecuador, sure. because of the cloud. And even cover. now in Honduras, and in Honduras people are experimenting, but the Connecticut broadleaf you can't replicate. Replicate that river valley. And the the broadleaf seed is just has that sweetness. Yeah, they can move the seed, but they can't plant that somewhere else and get that. You don't have that, that, that same soil. And that's what's interesting about it being in Connecticut. You have the glacier soil where mainly these other areas that grow tobacco. Nicaragua, the land of lakes and volcanoes, most active volcanoes in Central America, mainly volcanic soil, which is also amazing and creates the right microclimate for growing cigar tobaccos so again the glacier soil you can't replicate anywhere can't replicate that river so so it's seed it's
5: climate and then it's actually what's in that soil that matters it's a big big part of of what ends up happening there um you try to incorporate some connecticut in everything you do
7: you know in in, you know, Charter Oak, yeah. definitely, uh, Tabernacle, definitely, you know, the Upsetters also uses Connecticut Broadleaf, our infused brand, yeah. which is interesting, um, and there's a story there also between the Jamaica-Connecticut uh, Jamaica, connection, which is interesting. Right. Um, that all formed right after uh, World War II, and um, World War II, everybody was off at war, so Connecticut went to the Caribbean and Jamaica to get workers. And Hartford, Connecticut has the third largest population of Jamaicans in the United States. I, I remember because it, of this yeah, region
5: back yeah. in the day um, with um, Culbro, Calbro, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, um, Colman would bring in Jamaicans because their Macanudo brand was Jamaica, and they would bring them in and house them there, and exactly. they would live in, live in the dorms, basically, still or whatever. barracks. Yeah, yes, yeah, they still, Jamaican workers. Yeah, yeah unbelievable, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. So So, uh, I'm skipping around, but no, uh, that's all right. I want to take a break. And when we come back, uh, those that don't know know Nick, uh, a new young brand owner, he has over 20 years in the cigar industry. Uh, We'll not go back in history with Nick's, but uh, of his history, but go to the the present and future of the company of foundation. Uh, We're live at the studio 21 podcast cafe, and you're listening to the cigar authority on the United podcast network.
0: There was a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well.
9: Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta. The Romeo y Julieta love story with a bold and modern twist. America's favorite love story takes on a modern zeal with this A.J. Fernandez collaboration. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta, crafted in Esteli, Nicaragua, is a contemporary take on the rich and robust profile of the Romeo by Romeo collection. This exceptional premium offering employs an aged San Andreas wrapper considered one of the most flavorful leaves used in today's premium cigar market. Handcrafted in Nicaragua by cigar master AJ Fernandez. Full flavored, dressed in a stunning San Andreas wrapper. Rich and bold profile with notes of dark chocolate, spice, and licorice. And available in four sizes, Robusto, Toro, Pyramid, and Short Magnum. Competitively priced under $10. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta. The Romeo y Julieta love story with a bold and modern twist.
5: Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the Pissed-Off Kristoff. Take it for
3: a ride! Since 1964, Padrón cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padrón family understands the significance of time. Padrón delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padrón recipe was born. The Padrón mission is... Simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced as a vertically integrated family-owned company. Personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padrón cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padrón Cigars
5: Connecticut wrapper, surrounding a Dominican blend of Piloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T-112. With exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step the flavor smooth but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory now for the amazing part la galera connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from four dollars and 95 cents to six dollars and has been awarded the cigar of the year by the cigar authority la galera connecticut creating their own version of the connecticut cigar because they demand more
4: This is Omar De Frias from Fratello Cigars, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network.
5: And we're back with Nick Malillo from Foundation Cigars, and we're smoking his latest blend. It's called the Tabernacle Havana Seed, Connecticut, number 142. It just rolls off the tongue.
6: No problem, right? You remember it's cause that because you already used El Wednesday. You couldn't <laughs> yeah, I know. use that one. <laughs> I know. You
7: know, I didn't want to have any trade trademark uh, conflicts. There we go with yourself. Yes, and number
5: one forty-two. So look for that. It's very small for us older guys. The the type is, uh, I'd say, like a six. Uh, it's so small on there, but it's one forty-two. It's a six. It's a six. No. <laughs> it's very small. It is too small. Too small. You got to think of the us old guys that like
7: cigars, too.
5: I know. But although you, uh, those that are watching, uh, he is wearing uh, shades in indoors because he's too cool for the
7: room. No. I, and I know when I wear the shades, that's what comes across. But yeah. I really do have a, a problem with light sometimes that triggers yeah. migraines. So. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's bright up here. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So it's hot. See, yep. my man back there has the same issue.
5: There we go. So he knows I'm not BS. All right. Um, your first line, as you mentioned, El Wawense. And I can say it now, and I was so psyched. And then he came out with the Maduro version, and he called it Don't the mind, wise man Maduro, which was. That's what El he was so means. Pissed.
6: He was so pissed. Because <laughs> I spent about a year it. Because it took him the year to figure <laughs> out how to say El Uwente. And he's like, why didn't you just call the first one Wise Man? I could have saved myself a year of pronunciation. That was the plan. I, I was trying to frustrate him. I tried yeah. to give him
7: hard time. So. It, it worked. <clears throat> it, it worked. But uh, listen, I know a word in Spanish, El Uwente. And it's not even a Spanish word. That's why Spanish people that speak Spanish have a difficult time yeah. with it. Uh, it's a indigenous word to Nicaragua, Nahuatl word. Which uh, means the wise man. Oh, so. so
5: somebody in another country that speaks Spanish. Oh, they have it. no idea. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, there's a small group of people. Little most of them are gone now, and they understand what this
7: word is. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you, you know, play.
5: This is your company. You do whatever you want with
7: That's it. That's what yeah. the plan was to do it this way. Obviously, I knew there would be a difficult uh, word to pronounce for you know the U.S. market, but for me living in Nicaragua for so long, it was important as my first brand not only for it to be an all Nicaraguan blend, but also to pay. High homage to Nicaraguan culture and history in this place. I've called my home for the past, yeah. you know, 15 years. So way is the oldest indigenous satire of the Western hemisphere. It's actually protected by UNESCO. It's a, as a cultural treasure, they protect the pyramids. They protect way Okay. So, um, uh, you know, I really felt it was important to, to bring that to the market. And then obviously I knew, you know, the wise man would be a better, uh, direction to go. Yeah. So are people
5: calling Wednesday the wise man, natural, or anything you know, like you that? get
7: to go with whatever the feeling. Yeah, you know? just do if whatever you, you want to learn a new word. Yeah, you, you, know, you, you can learn way way Wednesday, and uh, if not, the wise man suits you. You go with that. But that's your baby. That's your first
5: one that's my that baby. you own. Yeah, Wednesday Yeah. Um, after coming off of the company you worked for before, which is um, Drew Estates, and having the success. That Liga Pavada was, and now time has passed. You're yes, going to come out with your first product, El Bueno. Yes. What an act to follow, though. Definitely. Some people look Definitely. at it as, oh, he's going to live off the reputation of this other thing. I thought quite the opposite was going to happen. You have the the hottest cigar at that time that was out there, and then you're coming out with something else, and every, you know, I'm, uh, how are you going to beat this? This thing was the hottest. You didn't didn't try
6: to beat it You just did what you... Well, you did something I wanted
7: to do something Because I'd never done An all-Nicaraguan blend Um, So I got the chance To work with um, Aganorsa Leaf Eduardo Fernandez Who I've known You know, since 2003 And they grow one of the nicest Nicaraguan rappers that I know yeah. uh, in the north in Jalapa and uh, brought in my art director Alex Garcia we know him as Thief Operandi from Esteli who's been a good friend of mine incredible artist and uh, I knew if there was anyone to translate Wei Wensei into an image it would be him so we worked really close with that and I said let me do an all Nicaraguan blend I had the broadleaf you know aging it wasn't necessarily ready at that time and I really again wanted Wanted to really express my love for Nicaragua and this place that I've called my home. You know, I haven't been on the sales and distribution side of things until this past three years. Yeah. So, um, it was a passion project for me. It was definitely, um, you know, again, I could have easily called it something different, but I wanted this word to be yeah. exposed and I wanted to do a blend I never had worked on before. Yeah. Um, business so, wise, I, you know,
5: as a business person, I looked at it when I came out and I said, wow, going in a totally, yeah, yeah. going in a totally different direction. Or whatever, yeah. and uh, the thing catches on. And then when you came out with the Maduro version of it, uh, totally different look to yes. the to the cigar itself, sure. and sure. pressed, and um, you know, simple box, uh, right. you know, not the full dress box yeah. like the Cuban style, yeah, but. Uh, I think, and you you know the numbers better than I do, I think it was
7: even more popular than the first.
5: uh,
6: To me anyways, it eclipsed the the Wawensi.
7: Yeah, they go hand in hand, but it's great because people discover one and then they discover the other one. So you have the Wawense with the Corojo wrapper and then the Wise Man Maduro, uh, which we got the number three uh, cigar of the year for, has a San Andreas Mexican uh, wrapper on it, which I'm very involved in San Andreas growing behind the scenes and working with farmers. Um, So we actually developed a project um, over the years in, in Mexico to cure Mexican tobacco in Estelí, Nicaragua, uh, with the Oliva family from yeah. Tampa.
5: Because you have a separate um, business that helps the farmers out, and yeah, behind the scenes, I don't talk about it too right.
7: much. Is is um, you know consulting and, and helping farmers and getting them connected with the distribution and fermentation. Because yeah. you have these different areas. You know, farming is one thing. Sorting fermentation is a whole nother yeah. world. Then you have the production yeah. and manufacturing, and then the sales side. So all farmers don't know how to to ferment and sort tobacco. And, and we call
5: that pre-industry, right? Pre-industry, correct. So, it is a missed opportunity to a lot of farmers that are out there that if they do that wrong they got beautiful tobacco and they didn't do
7: this every step has to be done properly perfect yeah Yeah. Yeah. temperature humidity all the way down to seed and and they'll get more
5: value of their product if they do that right
7: exactly and they're focused on that farming you know the farming aspect of it so to know the sales and distribution side of tobacco is a whole nother another world so you want to keep people that do what they do best and keep them focused on that and uh, so that's what I do, is yeah. link people together.
5: You A uh, shout-out to John Hart. He has
7: a new rep here in New England. John Hart, happy yeah.
5: to have him and Nick Goss. In, in the I'm happy to have him back in the industry, yeah. because he's been out for a few years, and he was a guy there at, where you were, back at the old... Old Corral. John
7: Hart I met in Honduras in 2001 on the Camacho That's trip. Good. And you as a consumer and him as a somebody working for I was working store? for a shop. Oh, you working for we a shop We were both too. working for shops wow. at the time. And then um, I didn't see him fast forward until maybe 2008. And I came up from Nicaragua and we were doing a, uh, an outdoor in the summertime, like a, a grill out. And somebody invited me. And uh, he was there as a rep. And I had a box of Liga Pravadas, and he didn't have any because they were impossible to get at that time. And he looks at me, and he goes, how the hell did you get that? Who the hell are you to get And then he looks at me again, Nick Molillo? Wow. And we hadn't seen each other since Honduras 2001. So to have him on board is uh, exciting. So he came up last week, and he said, come on, let's have a cigar. I'm back
5: in the industry, and he gives me an El Wense, which I probably haven't had close to a year that sure. I haven't smoked that the new stuff is it's coming in. That's what I'm smoking. Right. And I smoked out and I said, wow, you got to go back to yes. El yes. yeah, yes. and the, the spices, the spices that came out. And I said, oh my God, and we got to start doing that. We, you know, because we're always looking ahead, right? Sure. But there's such great cigars out there and yeah. go back to that. It's not always about
6: what's new. It's about what's good.
5: Right. And they're right. just getting better and better. Uh, El Wense Maduro. I actually even like it better than the regular one. Apparently, so does cigar aficionado. Uh, to give you number three, um, and uh, go ahead, Jonathan. I know you're going to ask the question. You got a 95.
6: Originally a 93, and then a 95. Oh, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. How uh, how quickly did you get hit up for advertising yeah. after that?
7: <laughs> no comment. Not not that quickly. I will be at the uh, Big Smoke in Miami. This no, year. You That's going to be my first Big Smoke. I uh, haven't been because I've always been in Nicaragua and... Uh... I'm looking I,
9: forward I want, to
5: that. And I want to give credit what creditors do, because they get a bad rap of they're only taking care of advertisers and things like that. You're not an advertiser.
7: I haven't advertised, haven't spent a dollar with those guys, and since the launch of the company, they've always, you know, launched. I mean, they've just been great. Right. And um, yeah, you know, Cigar Aficionado, for me, again, it, it, it's the roots of Absolutely. the industry that we're in. You know, being the Bible, in the 80s. man, and, that was uh, it. It took you from, you know, your dad... your Great-grandpa smoking cigars and opened it up to yeah. a, a wider range and audience during the 90s and really was the onset of the cigar boom. Yeah. So, so um, were you surprised? I was surprised because I don't put a no lot heads of... heads up. No heads no. up. No, not at all. I mean, I knew it got a good rating during during the year. It got a ninety three, right. and I, I knew they smoked him and rated him again before they did the top twenty five. Elway Wednesday got top twenty five the Corojo in two thousand sixteen. Um, so I don't. I try not to put too much weight into expectations and ratings. You know, in general, because everybody's got a different palate. Sure. You know, and it's about your your own experience. Best cigar in the world is the one you you enjoy. I can't tell other people what they should enjoy or what they like everybody.
5: That's gonna help your sales staff. It's gonna move the needle. It's gonna give some attention to something that deserves some attention.
7: And it's great because it does open to a wider audience. You know, a lot of cigar smokers, as you know, they don't necessarily get into, you know, the the blogs per se or the nitty gritty of the industry. And um, I, I think there
5: is a few different type of cigar smokers. And they're speaking to the person that smokes a cigar every once in a while. Not a real cigar geek is, you know, because you, how much you're going to tell
7: how to cut and light a cigar to yeah. somebody that's been around for a long time. And, and it's, t- you know, again, there's so many good cigars out there on the market. And it's, again, everybody's, you know, own perception of what. And they have this platform that is, you know, they've been working on for many, many years. And, you know, it's great. Marvin Schenken is from New New Haven, Connecticut. Um, yeah. So it's Connecticut, Connecticut, Connecticut guy Dave Savona yep. also so um, good. It's nice to be you know recognized and and they recognize my passion for Connecticut and you know cigars. So um,
5: the next brand I want to talk about is a value cigar brand you put out that also gets a lot of attention from them as a best value. She's got number one best value. Yeah. Unbelievable Chatter Oak. If you've never had that, it comes in natural and Maduro. It's something that uh, we had a hard time actually keeping stock for a while there.
7: Yeah, we've been <laughs> you know popular. We've been that popular um you know small company and been growing uh leaps and bounds so uh we're caught up now but charter oak was that everyday cigar that i wanted to create for you know cutting the lawn or yeah. doing some work and really pay homage to those cigars that all my grandfathers smoked. So Charter Oak is the... Would
6: you say that the Charter Oak, Connecticut is your grandfather's Connecticut?
7: <laughs> or I, I, That's a great line. I think I might use start using yeah. that. it. It <laughs> would. He would go with the Maduro Broadleaf, though. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. I would actually say my other grandfather would go with the Connecticut. If you use that line, i get royalties. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, all right, maybe I guess I can't hide from it now. We're on, <laughs> we're on video. Uh, but yeah, so Charter Oak, symbol of Hartford, Connecticut, was not old oak tree actually hit a charter in it to hide it from the british and uh there's nothing i think more that really symbolizes connecticut um as a state of course it's on the quarter and the coin and the state capital so it was perfect um to really express that that love for connecticut and its tobacco so highest volume product you have definitely yeah, definitely yeah i, I mean so. volume is definitely more of a volume um, yeah. i definitely take a uh you know trim my margins too to keep a good price point on that Unbelievable. And,
5: yeah we haven't. How dare I say it? But I'm going to say it. It's underpriced
7: cigar. If there's an underpriced yeah. cigar out
5: there, Charter Oak's the underpriced. Unfortunately,
7: probably second quarter prices are ah, going to have to see? go. But this is—he was,
6: is, was going to do it anyway. This
7: is mainly because of the FDA. We sure. haven't—we haven't adjusted any pricing for three years based yeah. on our FDA. You, you know, know uh, Chuck and,
6: Berry smokes Charter Oak's. Yeah? I didn't know if you know that. But oh, uh,
7: good old Chuck Berry. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> good to see you. Thanks for coming. Great cigar. Great
6: yeah. cigar.
5: Uh, then a mellow cigar, right up my wheelhouse, as far as flavor goes.
7: something with, with a big history. High Clare Castle. High Clare Castle. Very surreal project. And I don't think people realize how organic this project came to be. Good friend of mine, Adam von Gut, Gutken, who I met actually through a shop in Connecticut. Um, him and his wife became friends with La- Lady Carnarvon and Lord Carnarvon from High Clear Castle. I had the pleasure of you introducing me to them. Wow. Yes, and, you know, being a history lover, his great-grandfather discovered King Tut's tomb, but the history of cigar smoking in this castle, you know, of course, once I, I heard about this, you know, just intrigued me right away. They had been working on a gin because my friend Adam owns a distillery, Moonshine, Onyx Moonshine in Connecticut, so they had been working on a gin High High Clare Castle Gin, which is actually about to be released in the next 60 60 to 70 days globally. Um, And in the process of developing that gin, Adam said cigars came up. Adam said, you got to meet Nicholas. He lives in Nicaragua, and I ended up meeting Lord Carnarvon. He came down to Nicaragua, and uh, we worked on an amazing blend. Uh, Very good.
5: He took this serious enough to come down there and actually work it and say, not just put my name on the thing. This thing has to be right. Amazing.
7: Amazing human being, his family, his wife. I had the pleasure of going out there in June because we launched the product in England, and we had an amazing event at the castle. Very humble very down to earth and that's what made me want to do the project yeah i try to surround myself with good people i don't sure. you know money or, or things like this don't really concern me but he is just a, a gentleman and so down to earth he's the godson to the queen of england yeah for the love of God, yeah, right. <laughs> you know. Uh, I mean, and, he, and he's your friend now, and he's a friend, yeah. and I consider him, you know, a good friend. And How? Adam has has been amazing, and we just formed this partnership that is, you know, people don't believe it; they think it's kind of like a more of a gimmick on Downton Abbey, where the you know they yeah, film right. high, you know, at Highclere Castle, which yeah, the oh, movie's coming out next year, or so, some sort of license agreement. Just give me a
5: dollar no, for every cigar. No, we, this is serious. We
6: we formed a a whole partnership. How much of a project. role did he play? on what ended up becoming the final
7: blend. So very much uh, a part of not the actual blending process. Sure. Of course, he, he entrusted me to that. But when he came down to Nicaragua and we actually all... Blindfolded, smoked these different blends. We actually, no joke, and not for the story, all chose the same exact blend. So what I was really trying to do was mimic cigars around that time of the 20s. I got access to the archives at the castle. Of course, they have you know historians, and if you go to com you can see some of these documents that I had access to. You know, of course, a lot of Cuban cigars at the time, Partagas. Um, so I really, that was the inspiration for me blend wise and for developing the line so really amazing amazing project and it just fit with the rest of foundation you know the brands of culture and history and it's just an honor to be able to work on
6: that project do you consider yourself uh, or are you a real blender you sit down with the tobaccos and say okay this is going to work with this and it's going to work with this that's you.
7: Most definitely. Yes. That's what he did. That <laughs> yeah, was his job. Yeah. That's what I technically there's, call blending. There's so
6: many people that call themselves blenders and that's not what they do. They have someone like you do it and, and then it, they and adjust pick
7: accordingly. This yeah. uh, I like I've, this blend. I've been
6: fortunate to have the
7: experience of, you know, a lot of guys ask me how can I become a blender? I want to become You got to move to Nicaragua. Right. You got to become intimate with this leaf. I was fortunate to learn from a lot of these Cuban masters that left Cuba in the 60s. And now we're in, in Nicaragua. And I was 24 when I moved to Nicaragua. So when I started learning where all of these flavor profiles were coming from, from cigars that I loved at the time, you know, that's when it all started to click and come together. And then when I started being able to work with Broadleaf you know, then it really, that was always my dream. So, you know, to learn these different tobaccos and there's so many great tobaccos out there. There's not necessarily one that's better than the other. It's different characteristics and yeah. then how, how do they you play put those off those together? Of each other? Yeah. you put me in a kitchen you know i'd be a disaster with some of the best ingredients um you know i've just i jumped in the deep end in 2003 and had to learn how to swim and i was just passionate about it and i still am and and but you were always the guy in the background um you weren't the
5: front man at all. Um, Drew Estate did not use you at all as a front man at all. No. You're the back end. Then you had to come out from behind the curtain, and now you're kind of a front man to your own company.
7: Yes, yes, you know, and I understand why at that time. Because now, as I get into both right. sides of the industry, yeah. you know, and that's why I, I do spend a lot of time in Nicaragua. There's a great demand for me to be in the store and to be doing events. But I always tell you know my customers and my sales team. Most this is especially because production's being increased. That is always my number one commitment. It's got to end, the, quality, the end product. The end product to making sure I, I'm a cigar smoker. Yeah. So I know what it's like when you get a cigar that's. That's not great, or it's yeah. off, or the draw, and of course, it's a handmade product. It's going to happen from time to time, but I'm trying to keep that, yeah. you know, as as low percentage as possible. And I've had the the uh, pleasure of. You know, when I left in 2014, it was the largest factory in Nicaragua. Right. So, started out of you know a bunch Perdomo's of Old house, yeah. and uh, so you, you know. were there from the beginning of that. For, so in 2003, we were working out of uh, Nick's old Nick Perdomo's wow. old house in the center of Esteli. Yeah. And, um, you know, he had just moved into his factory, yeah. and you know, it was an apartment upstairs. The back of the house was kicked out for a, a production floor, and uh, I, I yeah. was
5: I was in the outside of that building. I stayed at Nick's next door. Yeah, sure. In the back of it, how little that was, and uh, round the clock. I mean, at nighttime they were working in there, and craziest. Yeah. uh, You got to give them all, well, everybody that had anything to do with that of starting from nothing.
6: Uh, Started (laughs) from the bottom. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, incredible journey. Brings us to the tobacco that has probably the greatest name of all the tobaccos that you work with the Jamaican cow's tongue. Yes. Yeah,
7: you don't taste it, it tastes you. You know, it's a very smooth, very a mild, creamy tobacco. Again, when I started smoking cigars in uh, 96, a lot of cigars were being made in Kingston, Jamaica, at the uh, Cifuentes factory. Sure. Of course, there was you know, Hyde Park in n- 1995, yeah. no cellophane, uh, made in Kingston, incredible cigars. Um, so I fell in love at the same time, you know, when I was falling in love with cigars, I was falling in love with reggae music, sure. with rock steady, with ska music from the, the mid-60s, you know, early 70s. So about three, four years ago, I ended up, I was working on Way Wednesday and said, I need a break. I'm, uh, I'm stressing out here. So I took a trip from Nicaragua and flew in February 5th to Kingston, Jamaica for Bob Marley's 70th birthday. And, uh, that night, I just showed up at his house. There was a big party, which I was welcomed into. Wow. And, uh, at the end of the night. By I, yourself? I went by myself. Wow. Yeah. I met some friends there. Uh, got to hang out with some of Bob Marley's kids. Um, and uh, I started seeing tobacco leaves from people's pants, and uh, they were bringing them out. Of course, they were smoking some of that lyrical chiba-chiba from time to time. But um, I said, you know, where did you get this tobacco? And it turns out there's still, you know, cow tongue tobacco being grown on the island. So I said, this would be perfect um, to use in a cigar. It's perfect for an infused cigar. I definitely wanted to come out with something for all the infused cigar lovers. And uh, we ended up making The Upsetters, which was Bob Marley's first backing band um, in the late 60s. And then it turned into, he was a studio producer called Lee Scratch Perry. So at this time also, Jamaica was very obsessed with uh, spaghetti westerns from Italy in the late 60s. So if you look at all the album covers from this period, they're all a play on spaghetti westerns. Oh, wow. The good, the bad, and the upsetters. So the upsetters really evolved out of that. And oh. then, of course, you have the classic red, gold, and green. Um, so I wanted to make something that wasn't heavily inf- a good balance between the the natural tobaccos, the cow tongue, and the infusion. Not to be all, you know, heavily sweet on the palate, but do a nice balance between between the two, and I think we. Uh,
6: it's the we it hit really it. is the only one that I and and I I typically smoke it. I get here at eight o'clock in the morning if I'm gonna have one, and I smoke it before anyone gets here because I don't want people to see me doing it. <laughs> but it is. You can taste the tobacco. Yeah. It, you Definitely, there's infusion, and in, in the, most of that happens in the aroma, but flavor-wise, it yeah. tastes like a cigar. Exactly. and I that was that.
7: And that was the goal. And We brought on uh, Rick Ardito, mm. who's been a good friend of mine uh, since back in 97.
6: The two of you. Yeah. <laughs> the two of you together. <laughs> yes. The, the, only, the only way to really round that trifecta out would be maybe to get Phil Zangy involved. But the three of you together, I don't think I'd want to even be around it. It'd be combustion
7: it's a fun time let me tell you especially when we're in the stores together and you know rick's just got a uh such a passion for the industry and you know the upsetters brand and he was out of the industry for a long time yeah. and um you know these I said, guys well, only come back if it's you you know it's great it's an yeah. honor and it's you know it's an honor to work with them and uh, you know a lot of them we had worked together but really not because I was always in Nicaragua but we always had this friendship Yeah, and uh, I definitely needed a lot of help on the sales and distribution side so to have Rick come on board and be involved is an honor same with you know John Hart yeah. is to have him he's been out for a
6: couple of yeah, years have your back, I, I, I man. think
5: as it as the industry goes corporate and it becomes numbers and things like that the passion you know, you can see passion being pushed to the side and they want back into passion. That's why they got into it. So they go to a passionate company which is yours and say, Okay, this is where this is where I wanted cigars to be.
7: They know I they, they can see it, I think, yeah. the love for the for the leaf yeah. and and the industry. And I think um, that authenticity really translates yeah. and we hope it translates to of course the final consumers and they, they see what we're we're all about. All right, so let's get to
5: the pipeline. New stuff coming out. You're gonna have you're gonna something up your sleeve that you can talk about you for know. IPCPR maybe.
7: June-ish. You know uh, you're going to see some line extensions, uh, probably a Lancero in the Havana scene. Oh, oh okay. great! <laughs> you guys don't like Lanceros.
5: <laughs> Nobody <laughs> does. Nobody does. Me and know, Sullivan, there's knew. yeah,
7: there's a potential you're going to see, and this is the first time I'm saying it is uh, the event only cigar that I've been doing called the Menelik, which means Son of the Wise Men. Uh, you might be seeing that at the show. All right, and I'll say in here so it's in in writing. All right, you're going to see another event cigar. Come out called the grasshopper grasshopper. Yes. Which until recently I learned is really the origin of the word cigar. Really? Comes the, from the Spanish word for grasshopper. This C- is going to be a, This is going to be a candela. There's definitely going to be some Candela in it. I'm working on the blends right now. So I've never worked with Candela with any, except for uh, one cigar in the Upsetters that we have, right. which is uh, Sapo, which means uh, frog in uh, in Spanish, um, but a uh, traditional blend. It's going to have Candela
6: in it, not on, on it. the wrapper. I can't say much more, man. Is this while you're wearing a green more. shirt and your your guy down there more. is wearing green pants? I'm
7: sure this is going to be you know on on half wheel. Nobody by the end listens of the hour. to this. Oh yeah, <laughs> nobody
4: listens. Is the metal going to be packaged the same way it currently was for the for the event cigar in the, no. in the brown packaging?
7: It's going to be in a beautiful box. And uh, you're going to see some uh, bronze heat pressed in it. Ah. And uh, again, my, my art director, uh, Thief Operandi, did some amazing artwork for the inside of the box.
6: So you're not saying no to the <laughs> Candela being in it as part of the blend, which no, I don't know of anyone doing that. No comment. So yes. Now you're really stretching it, man. <laughs> That's Candela happening. inside would be insane. Why would you do that? Why it's wouldn't you do it? Show it no, there's, it has a certain distinct... Flavor and a certain sweetness I could see that playing Yeah I could see it working. You're talking to the guy that hasn't
7: seen The Godfather, right? Now. Right. So, I know. I don't know how credible this is. Yeah. Um, once you've seen The
5: Godfather, you can determine that if the that's to grass happen.
6: Grasshopper. Grasshopper. Grasshopper.
5: Snatch this pebble from yeah. my hand. Yes.
10: <laughs> the only
6: cigar with yeah. candela in it. Yeah.
7: So this word "cigar, cigarel, cigaril" was the the Spanish word for small garden. So when tobacco first came to Spain, you know, the aristocrats had tobacco in their gardens you know you were of the upper echelon still so to have exotic plants in your garden was a very in thing to do okay so cigaril was something that was actually meant garden but it also meant garden because of the grasshoppers that would chirp in these gardens and through foreigners coming through somehow that word got turned into cigar you know we always talk about use all your senses when smoking a cigar and the one thing
5: missing is sound And the grasshopper made sounds. That's it. So is there going to be any sound to the cigar? It's going to (laughs) talk
7: to your inner soul. Okay. It talks to your inner soul. That's all tobacco should. That's when you really start understanding tobacco. You know, if
6: you get more than five tobaccos in a cigar, you get electrical current. So you could run a speaker off of it. So true. (laughs) So true. All right. So we got some information
5: out there. Looking forward to some new stuff. Thank you, Nick Malolo. You certainly can stay on the next hour if you'd like to stay with us. It would be
7: my pleasure if you would allow me to stay on. All right.
5: Let's do that. When we come back, what's up in the cigar industry? What's coming up on the Cigar Authority? I have an offer I think uh, Mr. Jonathan Barry might take me up on today. I'm prepared for that. Am I prepared for that? We're live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network.
4: Stepping into the Aging Room has a new meaning at Aging Room Cigars, as Rafael Nodal has traveled to Spain where the idea for Aging Room Solera was born. and complex cigar with a fantastic price point. Aging Room Solera. It will have you calling for
1: an encore.
8: In a time where humidor's are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends: the Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX. All aged to perfection, crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. Each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno. To create this masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soils of estelian and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available on. Online at twoguyscigars.com. Sereno, a majestic
0: cigar, aged to perfection.
6: The 15th anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. The La Galera Habato uses a classic wrapper on a
5: staple cigar
1: a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Orojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This is George Padron from Padron Cigars. You're listening to the Cigar Authority and the United
9: Podcast Network.
5: And we are back with our number two broadcasting live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. I got an offer I think Mr. Jonathan might accept, and I think Barry will too. Let's see. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. And, and Nick, uh, we've got Nick Malillo here. You smoke other people's cigars from time to time, time to time with you guys. I would love to smoke a cigar. All right. Uh, I think you should. I think uh, especially blenders and stuff. See what's going on, what's happening uh, in, um, you know, what's hot, what's not. And uh, what these other guys are putting out, uh,
4: this is a Honduran cigar, I believe. Barry, tell us about this. Yep. Today's second cigar is the Aroa CBT, which is manufactured in Honduras by CLE Cigar Company. We're going to light up a 5x50 Robusto Honduran Puro, consisting of Maduro wrapper, binder, and filler from Honduras. It's part of the Cigar Authority Care Package. A single cigar will set you back eleven fifty nine. Why a box of 20 is just one fifty nine ninety nine, which is a savings of almost $27, or 11% off the box price at twoguyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two,
5: guyscigars.com. So this is the Aroa CBT, meaning Kappa Binder, and Tripa. Tripa means the filler. filler, yeah. filler? Yep. That's it's,
7: uh... Spanish for guts. Tripa. Oh, all right. Yeah, so the, the it, filler.
5: And, yeah. that, and that's what you would call it in the factory, too? You say tripa? tripa. Yeah, yeah, tripa. Okay. So now we know. Okay, let's give it a cut and light. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. excellence. Speaking of excellence, Nick was nice enough to bring me a book. That I can't wait to look through every single word of this. Tobacco sheds of the Connecticut River Valley,
7: which is nice great park. pictures and stuff out here. I'll just show it here. Just amazing, the barns. Yeah. That's what I do on my off time. I just take pictures of barns. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay amazing. with
5: it. Or you just walk out your front door and look at one, right? Exactly. Okay. Let's give right. it a little dry taste. Do you, do you taste a cigar before you light it?
7: I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely important.
6: It's pretty clean. Dried apricots. Dried apricots. There's a little basement y kind of umami thing going on. Basement y. <laughs> <laughs> mildew. Like,
5: like a mildew? Very, like a little mildew? Uh, I
7: like uh, the dried apricots. I'm on shape like Damp, I don't want to, I don't want to damp and earthy. Basementy umami. Well, the tobacco is earthy, right? Earthy.
6: comes <laughs> from the earth. It should. All right. Lighting. 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 We're going to light all our right. cigar today with the Vertigo Intimidator, featuring four jets, a color-changing flame, the patented Vertigo big-ass tank, a neck that bends, an easy adjustment at the bottom, all for the low price of twenty-four ninety-nine. That's the Vertigo Intimidator. That's a big-ass tank right there. Goddamn right it is. It's patented, you know. These colors are just—I mean, really.
5: <laughs> Twenty-five dollar lighter. It's awesome, right? Can we turn off the lights? You we uh, cannot. <laughs> what's great
6: about this is you're outside and it's bright, like it is today, and you don't lose the flame. Yeah, you can see where the flame is. Yeah, so right. you don't burn your face off. Mm. Right? Don't
5: want to do that. So maybe you can help me here. Uh, you know Skip Martin. <laughs> I know Skip. Skip Martin. He, uh, he, he listens to the show every week. Uh, oh, Skip, Skip
6: listening right now? He always listens. He typically he listens on, on Sunday. Yeah. He, he listens, listens on Sunday, Sunday oh, okay. and, then, live. and then live tweets Dave <laughs> through the uh, messenger okay. all the stuff that he got wrong. On Sunday. On Sunday, gotcha. yes. And uh, he's a
5: fact checker. And apparently, I guess... Maybe last week, the week before, I think it was last week, we were talking about wages in Nicaragua as opposed to the Dominican Republic. It was last week because I came back from the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. And my story was, what were they talking about in the Dominican Republic? Republic. What were they talking about? I'm not saying this is what I said. It was what they were talking about. And, you know, so any facts that you
6: misrepresented is the misrepresenting were mis- from them,
5: from them. And I'm just saying this is what was talked about. One of the things they were talking about was that Nicaragua the past couple of years have taken over Dominican uh, imports, okay, and um, they think that this coming year or something, they they have uh, well a couple of years from now, um, their crop was fantastic. And wait till you see what's going to come out because they have fantastic crop, blah blah blah. And um, you know they they're up against a few different things, and one of the things is labor costs, and that if they had their factory in Nicaragua, that they could have the cigars much lower in price, or they m- make lots more money because the labor costs are up to four the amount that they are in the dr in the dr yeah and um skip said that's not true blah, blah 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 and gets in a whole long thing and uh it's not quite it is there is a difference but it's not quite that amount but is it do you know of
7: i to be honest i don't know the no. difference between the dr i haven't been up on uh the labor rates it's yeah. probably definitely a bit higher but did did we find out the exact... Uh... I, I had done it on a previous show. I actually had from the government yeah. of
5: what the labor rates were across oh, the country of there. Yeah. And it, it certainly was dramatically different. The lowest being Cuba, of course. Yeah. Um, and their cigars are high price. So it shouldn't have a, it doesn't have a bearing on they have low yeah. price and they could go higher up there. You have expensive cigars out of Nicaragua. You have expensive cigars in the Dominican Republic. I don't know. How is that a of,
6: problem to have one year where the crop is just unbelievable from a yeah, blender's perspective? Of course. Because now you're, you you may have more flavor or more pepper or more of something that you're not looking for necessarily. Definitely. Every crop could be definitely
7: different. I mean, this year in the Connecticut River Valley, there's a lot of rain. Um, so you had a lot thinner broadleaf tobacco coming out of the crops Uh out of the field. So and you had a lot of rain in the curing barns. So I was definitely very selective in the crops that I chose this year because I'm looking for some heavier heavier leaf and you will definitely see a variation. And they of, had they uh, had
5: the opposite, that they didn't have much rain at all and they they although the leaves didn't grow to a giant size, they said they're so hardy, they're so fantastic, and that they were going uh, some people I talked to said for the first time, we're gonna actually
7: plant again.
5: They got Interesting. a second
7: planting. This was where? Dominican Republic. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. was there some hurricanes? I know Cuba got hit up too, I think, by some big storms and whatnot. Well, they, their growing season is about 100 days. Is that what you're looking at down there? Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, we're just starting. I mean, we've been growing since the dry, uh, dry season kicked in. So you're talking November time. You're starting yeah. planting until rainy season starts again in May, the end of May. So, do, you, do you ever see people try to get a second crop going? I've seen some experimenting, yeah. but mainly the hardcore guys, they won't do that. It's just, um, you know, if, if you, when you cut the plant, the plant will continue to grow and you'll have a second a second grow coming through but what happens is the tobacco starts to become very bitter ah. and then you start to suck a lot of nutrients out of the so, land yeah. and then you have to let it rest for even longer so it's uh. a Sometimes dangerous. It depends on what state they were in to do that um, and, you know, how, how the field and soil conditions are. But, right. So they, um, were, they were
5: messing around with that, and I, I thought that was interesting.
7: Sometimes in more of the, um, you know, more mass-produced cigars, yeah. they'll grow tobacco, and it will keep growing. You can do three, four. Um, sometimes they'll use that for short filler okay. to kind of crops because they're able to get more tobacco out of it, get it a little bit more inexpensive, and then they'll end up cutting that with other other short yeah. fills, to, so you, it's not but then next year you think that the ground got hurt i yeah, yeah definitely yeah you know yeah definitely you got to be careful all right um and that's you notice that in different areas especially in brazil's uh we call matafina mm. tobacco you have plantation grown matafina and then you have Mata Norte, which is another smaller small crop yeah um and those fields that are larger you definitely don't have the strength and the body and the that you do of the smaller crops.
5: All right. so Good.
7: All right. Let's find out what's
6: up in the cigar world with Barry Stein. It's time for What's, what's up? up in the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is... The Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles. Over the course of two full years, they are box-pressed and rolled end-to-bar for a perfect draw every time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse cigar today.
4: And it's been a busy legislative week, and we'll start with New Mexico, which saw a bill reintroduced that would raise the cigar tax by 204%. Which is from 25 percent up to 76 percent. I always wonder why they get these odd numbers. 204 percent, not 200 percent, 204 percent. And Wyoming also followed suit with a proposed increase of their own that would raise the tobacco tax 167 percent from 20 from 20 percent to 53 and a third percent. Meanwhile, Hawaii has seen that exorbitant tobacco taxes don't work. And they proposed a 50% cap on their 50% cigar tax. And Nebraska has done the same with a 50-cent yeah, cap so as well. Yeah, so just
5: everybody should do it, just 50 cents, and that's it, you know? Mm. And, and you, you'll make more money. Yep. Rhode Island is a perfect example of it. Many, many years ago, they made that changeover, and they tested it for three years, and then they just continue it on. And I believe Connecticut did the cigar the, tax
4: eat. cap, too. Yeah, yeah. And and just uh, drive it out of,
7: out of state, right?
4: Right. The state of Indiana has proposed raising the age to purchase tobacco from 18 to 21. However, the bill contains an exemption for those who turn 18 before June 30th, 2019, and those who serve in the armed forces. It is currently illegal to buy any type of beverage, be it alcoholic or non-alcoholic, in the state of Maine. A Maine representative introduced a bill that will allow cigar shops to be classified as a cigar lounge, allowing them to sell their choice of alcoholic or non-alcoholic drinks. Giddy up. Yeah. And our friend Omar DeFries, who once experienced not receiving a check during the government shutdown when working with NASA, announced his brand is offering a discount in the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area to furloughed government workers via various local tobacconists. We'll see if that starts up in three weeks or not. And finally, the cigar. It's over. Yeah. Well, for three weeks. Okay. And then we'll see what happens in three weeks. Finally, the cigar industry lost a legend this week as master roller Maria Sierra passed away. Maria was one of the first women to roll cigars at El Aguito factory in Cuba before relocating to Miami where she worked for El Titan The Bronze. She rose to fame where she was the only person to roll the La Polina Goldie Goldie in its entirety from from the uh, bunching to the wrapper. Nice. And it was modeled after her specialty, which was the Cohiba Corona Especialis. and she was 70 years old, and that's what's up. The cigar yeah, she had retired before, right? She retired two years ago. Yeah, yeah. She'll be sure. and a half. Piece.
5: Yeah. Um, next week on the show, it's Dos Ombre Day, and Dos Ombre uh, is a cigar brand I put out 29 years ago. I did some wow. research. My, my first private label, it's 2-2. It's February 2nd next week, so I said, let me tell the story of uh, how that happened, and we're going to talk about value cigar brands, including the Chata Oak that's yes. on my list, because another great value cigar, and... Um it, it's always looked at. Is, is there some value cigars out there that uh, you think? Let us know. Uh, go to the Contact Us page of the Cigar Authority. Let, let us know Let us know your value cigar brand. Maybe we don't know what it is, but um, a good brand for the price is what we're looking for. Nice. So that's that. Okay. Um, skipped over the uh, Asylum, just so you know. Ah, I skipped over Asylum. All right. Sorry about that, Ed Sullivan. Want to do that? Well, let's go ahead and do that. All right, let's do it. Let's take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars.
0: They're coming to take me away, haha. They're coming to take me away, ho ho, hee hee, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats. And they're coming to take me away,
4: ha-ha. It's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true. Or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4, by 44 to the absolutely insane 8x80 Asylum Cigars. And this week, I'm going to change things up. Instead of a story, we have a question. What do iPhone, Android, Facebook, YouTube, MySpace, Instagram, Tesla, Spotify, Skype, Twitter... LinkedIn, Gmail, Uber, Airbnb, Google Maps, SoundCloud, Nintendo Wii, Netflix, Dropbox, hashtags, Reddit, and the Cigar Authority all have a common. Um, Tesla what? and the Cigar Authority. <laughs> the answer is none of them existed when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. Oh. And that's not only insane, <laughs> it's a <asylum. laughs> wow. That's
5: right, New England Patriots.
7: You, a New England fan? You know, I, I'm a football fan. I love New England. Uh, I don't have one team, though. No? no. I've been living in Nicaragua, too. It's that you other might as football. well have New England because it's the only team. And it, they're so hated. I was a Bears so fan. 1985, we beat you yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah. That was my The hated.
5: Bears. The Bears. Jim McMahon. Bury the Bears was the uh, yeah. catchphrase. <laughs> and we, didn't do, we didn't pull that off, but it's a dynasty now. Yeah, it's now. ridiculous.
7: What a game. What wow. a game. They always seem to come back. I don't watch too much during the, during the. I saw the game. Yeah. Oh my God. I just knew they were going to win because right. it happens you know, all the time. They just come back with a couple minutes left.
5: Well, I want to get to this this segment right now because I want these guys to be uh, sitting around after the fact of it. So I'm going to go into the Don Raphael offer of the day right now. And the Don Raphael offer of the day is brought to you by Don Raphael Cigars. Everyone has a price. Would you do this for the dawn? And if so, how much? And this was uh, someone in our audience that gave me this idea. And uh, I thought it was great just last week. And I said, uh, we're going to actually pull this off because I think the guys will, will possibly do it. And this would be nice uh, video or even audio. It might sound good on audio. So I'm going to give you 50 bucks and I'm going to really do it. 50 bucks. Eat six raw eggs. And I happen to have a dozen raw eggs right here. Ed Sullivan, I'm going to say no to you.
4: Yeah, I'm yeah. out. Yeah, but I think. Six is a little over the top. I probably would have done three.
5: Three for 20.
4: We're having a special uh, today. <laughs> three, three, three for 20. 20. Three for 50, I would have done with no profit. Six, six. six That's going to be a little tough to swallow. These
7: are cage free. Uh, I don't need them thrown up on.
6: Grade me. A large eggs. I'm not doing that. Come on! No. Six eggs, 50 bucks. You're just going to swallow it down? You got no magic bullet. I
5: can't make them scrambled. They're not scrambled. They're going to be raw eggs in a glass. We're going to do the Rocky thing right
7: now. I think you kind of have to do it because of the music. Yeah. It's
5: Godfather, it's a Godfather But
6: you he know, never like, saw the Godfather. I would, I know. He has no That's idea what I this is. I
7: I think you just have to do it because you haven't seen the Godfather. I've three,
6: seen, three, three I've for seen 20. Rocky.
7: Three for 20. No.
5: Three, Come on. I, gotta, I thought for sure both of you would do this. Barry, three for
7: 20. Not for 20. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Come on.
7: I wish I had. I have 10 bucks I'll put into that. <laughs> There's 30. Three for 30. $10 That's a good an range. egg. Yeah.
6: Mm. No. Yeah, still.
7: Oh, up. they
4: They talk. Three for talk 50, 100% I'll do. <laughs> I'll
7: give you each five bucks for doing one. <laughs> five bucks each for one. I would do one for the hell of it. Oh, you get to drink it out of a cup. Yeah. Oh, that's so a everybody story. can see. You want one no. for the hell of it? I don't
4: want
9: not the five even box,
5: one. But
4: I'll do one just to show you I could do it. I'll do one.
6: This is uh,
4: riveting radio here. <laughs> just make sure there's no shells. I don't want to be choking on anything. No shells.
6: Yeah, put that there's in one. one. That's one. good. In the
5: ashtray, like we told people not to do. Yeah, there's that one. Is. That's right. Have for these barons. been stored properly? Say, stored yeah. properly. They're ice cold. You gotta hold on Because he's gonna, you can well, do, gonna Tap glasses yeah. And have a little cheer here got <laughs> a toast egg, egg, Eggs are on my diet egg, so. eggs, eggs go with a toast So None <laughs> for you, John No, I'm
7: out oh, Wow, man. it's a chicken shit This guy <laughs> Salute yeah. Everybody's, Everybody's fine Tough going down <laughs> Oh, that was good
4: that was tasty. It's fine, right? Yeah, yeah. I've I've done raw eggs before. Just six is a that little six little would, much. That was a little. Uh, I figured, yeah, I figured it was,
6: I figured fill the glass. See, up one egg I, is one swallow. Six is at least six swallows.
4: So three you could probably do in one gulp. If, six would be multiple gulps, <laughs> and that's where the problem yeah. occurs. Yeah, if we were all hitting the gym hard, it probably yeah uh, we could do it.
5: Three for twenty. Right now, still.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right with the one to prove I could do it. <laughs> all right. I Need something
7: to wash that down.
4: Now. There we go. Uh, i <laughs> got to be a man. Bacon.
5: <laughs> uh yeah, that's what Don Raphael off for the day. I thought for sure guys I was going to uh slam that, but uh so what What are early <laughs> hey, Ch- Ch-
4: chat room wants to know what would you rather do? Drink the egg or retro hell? <laughs> uh, that's close.
7: You're not retro He doesn't retro Tell him. He, he retrohale. Tell him uh, you don't retro hell. No. You haven't smoked
6: a cigar yet. That's uh, okay. No, I'm
7: kidding. <laughs> um but you you know, your old factory there is uh, I, I get of the flavor. principle yeah. of it
6: but it just burns and it, it's okay. like so
7: you have to do it through time it's like training it's like uh working out you got to do it step by step you gotta adjust your old factory so you do three quarters and then a quarter exhale through the blow out slow. a quarter he holds yeah. it all his
6: milk. yeah yeah you know you what have I'm, a tough time doing it everybody tries thing? to teach me how to do it and oh, you don't know how to do I it hack no i know how oh. to do it but it's like getting water up your nose in a swimming pool quick what am i doing yeah I'm scrambling the egg.
4: <laughs> <laughs> He's shaking his belly.
5: Was it a listening? And I can't unsee that.
6: <laughs> I was doing the truffle shuffle. Oh, I can't unsee that. <laughs> a little pressure behind my fly here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you guys had uh, ribbon candy before? Yes. For, if anybody knows about ribbons, for it Christmas? would be you. Mm. So the, the clove one. Clove. I'm getting a little bit of clove and sweetness out of this uh, CBT.
5: Yeah, it's a little cinnamon, little cinnamon <coughs> burst.
4: I don't know about cinnamon. little red hot fireball. Mine tastes like sunny side up.
7: Yeah, sunny. You, yeah, you guys are tasting nothing but <laughs> eggs on the other end. Uh, yeah, I can't really taste anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the dried apricot was really hitting me though. No, good I got construction, that, this, great draw. <laughs> Not overpowering by any means.
4: Yeah, uh, definitely. There's definitely some dried fruit this. Yeah, I got that a lot this, of that. The apricot.
5: Honduran yeah. tobacco to Nicaraguan tobacco.
7: Yeah, somewhere. in the range some in the, great growing regions yeah. in, 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 in Honduras, uh, definitely. You definitely have more of that volcanic activity in, in Nicar- Nicaragua, but yeah. there's some great so, tobaccos Some of the fields
5: are actually not that far from each other. Right in the north, yeah. so
7: you have Jalapa, and then you cross over to that Hamastron
6: right.
5: Valley. Um, yeah, which is some, where
7: this is from. Yeah,
5: some yeah. great
6: tobacco in that region. Definitely. Do you, When you're smoking a cigar or you're sampling tobacco, are you identifying food flavors or are you identifying the tobacco components when you're smoking?
7: Um, a little bit of both. And the overall, I'm looking for, again, the overall experience because if you don't get into the, the those fine nuances, you know, at the end of the day, does the tobacco key for me is make your mouth water. I don't like cigars that dry out your palate. A lot of that has to do with acidity within the leaf. Sure. So I want that experience. But again, at the end of the day, was it satisfied? Did it jade my palate in any way? And that, you know, bitter, is it hitting me there, you know, in the back of the throat? Olfactory definitely comes into play for me, um, just in the process of selecting tobacco. I, I started doing it really, um, you know, many years ago, so it's sort of adjusted uh, my olfactory to it, but um, yeah, a little bit of both. So, Triple Maduro, supposedly, this is Triple Maduro. Triple Maduro.
5: That's what's happening here. I love Triple Maduro. Yeah? yeah. So, you would think, I would think, it's not going to burn well, and it is burning well.
7: You know, I'm not really familiar with the exact definition of the triple Maduro. If, it's, right. if it's referring to color, or also uh, some sort of process in the fermentation. But if you're taking it longer in the fermentation piles and the leaf has the strength and the cellular walls on the leaf, it's going to get darker and be able to withstand more in fermentation.
6: Hence, it's going to get darker. Yeah. So we, so, did, we didn't take it, it apart. But it would be sweeter at that point. More concentrated, sweeter. Potentially,
7: potentially. You got to be careful also not to take it too far because what you're happening is when you get those temperatures up, it's almost like when you're cooking and stuff is you know boiling. If you let it sit for too long, all of it is evaporating into the elements. Mm. The same can be true in the fermentation process. So it's a balance. Um, definitely, for, you know, the sweetness actually came in Broadleaf in, you know, the late 1800s. They were actually shipping tobacco to Germany, and that's when the term sweating and fermentation happened, because when they noticed by the time the tobacco arrived in port in Germany, it was sweeter, it was uh. more palatable, and it had started going through this fermentation and bulking process. So that's, that's
5: what Gen- uh, General Cigar or Calbro used to do is winter sweat. And send it off to Dominican yeah. Republic or sure. Jamaica at one time. Sure, for its winter sweat, you still do that. In the yeah.
7: Valley. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweating is still okay. still very much a part of it. Yeah. After it comes off the fields, so it really helps too with the colors of the tobacco too to right. even out the colors, especially for wrappers. Uh, you know, it's got to be such a flawless looking, aesthetically pleasing leaf, which is a challenge. At do you times. do
5: anything in in uh, barrels? any aging in barrels no, in it? no? It's, it's
7: been a while yeah uh, you know back in the day i was experimenting um actually i had some pappy van winkle uh barrels sent sent down to nicaragua oh. in uh 2012 13 i cold called pappy van winkle from nicaragua talked to him for about a half an hour that's how that happened Yeah, and after, you know, I was talking to this gentleman, I said, uh, you know, who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? It was Julian Van Winkle, and it was right before Thanksgiving at that time. I sent him a bunch of cigars, called me up after. He said, everybody, they were the talk of Thanksgiving. What could I do for you? I said, Mr. Van Winkle, if you could send me, uh, put me on the list for a 20-year barrel, uh, I'd be forever indebted. And I got a call uh, about five minutes later. 20-year wow. barrel and two Buffalo Trace barrels, which I had shipped down to Nicaragua when I was curing some filler tobacco. Cold there. call. Cold call. Wow. Yeah. You never know. You know, this was before Pappy became Pappy. Yeah. I was always in love. I actually had gotten it as a gift from a retailer from Tennessee who had come down to the factory to visit. And this was like 2009, I think. And, of course, the Pappy bottle st- stood out to me because so cool with yeah. him smoking a cigar on it. And uh, I didn't really think about it, you know, too much. And it ended up uh, becoming, you know, this big craze. Right. So. Right. um, Yeah. Great. All right. uh, Let's take
5: a break. And when we come back, uh, we got some things in the mailbag we'll catch up on. uh, The matchup of the week, a classic three-way, if we can squeeze in and more. We got Nick Malullo from Foundation Cigar with us. And we're live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding! The Rough Rider Cigar is so beautiful in so many ways. We're talking a premium cigar. Imported. Long fill cigar. But wait till you hear the price. Every cigar is in the $3 price range. That's right. Even the Churchill in the 6x60, every cigar is in the $3 price range. Rough Rider Cigars. There's nothing rough about Rough Rider except the name Rough Rider
4: Cigars. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Provider number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To
0: learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit
10: Available at top retailers like TwoGuysCigars.com and is distributed in the United States by Miami Cigar and Company.
1: It's time to light that cigar and stay tuned. Ooh. The Cigar Authority will be right back <laughs> on the United Podcast Network.
5: Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What
6: the hell are you doing? Hey,
5: nobody's gonna take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song
6: again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Dominguez Jose
2: A legendary brand opens a new chapter in its storied history with the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez The nearly 175 year old H. Upman brand in collaboration with storied cigar maker A.J. Fernandez bring a medium to full bodied sweetly balanced and yet complex smoking experience Boasting an Ecuador Sumatra wrapper This cigar produces incredible aromas and nuances of sweet spices. Today, almost 175 years later, the legacy of H. Upman lives on a brand new take on an age-old brand. Handcrafted in Esteli, Nicaragua, by cigar master aj fernandez available in four sizes priced under nine dollars a legendary brand opens a new chapter in its storied history with the h upman by aj fernandez What's going on? This is Robert Kelly from Medfit,
7: Massachusetts, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast
5: Network. I hope they have me back. I think I swore too much. You did. (laughs) We're back, and we're smoking the Triple Maduro Cigar that they can't call the Triple Maduro because they sold the name, but I can. It's the Aroa CBT. That's Kappa Binder Tripper. We're smoking the Robusto. Welcome back. Nick Melillo with us. Oh, now I got it. It's using it all throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Get it? Got it. Good. But, uh, you know, I look in the the, uh, head of the cigar that I have cut, and it looks kind of brownish inside. It doesn't look all that... It looks
7: fairly similar to the outside, I
9: think.
5: Yeah. I should have paid attention before I cut it, but...
7: We're going to have to open it up after the show.
5: Yeah. See see if it's for real. But it tastes good. It's burning well. I would imagine that it would be a a tough thing to burn because typically you're blending a cigar. You need a lower priming, a middle priming, a high priming, thick and thin cigars so that you're going to have the burn proper, right? Yeah. It seems like they got the fermentation down. All right. So you can take anything and thin it out. By fermenting it long enough. Long enough. Yeah. Long enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
7: Have, have they figured out a way to... You don't want to do that, though. You know, to the goodly heroes. Right. Dick to bat, you know. Because you're going to take the strength away, right? And you're going to take all the goodness away yeah. eventually. But, you know, everybody's blending and, and fermenting tobacco based on what they like. So yeah. Everybody's manufacturer's got their own.
5: And everybody likes to try something new, too. The, the creativity in the, in the blending process is amazing of, you know, let me take an old seed and let me see what, what this plant's yeah. like you're doing with your cigar. And sure, everybody's trying to do something. There's a lot of experimenting yeah. going on. Yeah. yeah. And, All uh, the
7: time. Got to keep it fresh, keep it new. Right. That's how the Connecticut Shade came about. We were talking about yes. that before, late 1800s and early 1900s. Sumatra seed from Indonesia was taken over, and Connecticut responded by uh, with the uh, Agricultural Center to develop this Connecticut Shade, which was a hybridization of Sumatra, Havana seed, and broadleaf, which Unbelievable. Is I never that, knew that
5: until yeah, you had said that. created that the, its own own cre- animal. Yeah. And now they're taking that seed, and they're growing in other places, yeah. and we'll see how that... Tra- it worked out for Ecuador, although different. Yep.
7: Um, Ecuador's got that cloud coverage, yeah. so you you know, you know don't have to put up all those hundreds of acres of, of cheesecloth tents. So it really took in, in Ecuador the Connecticut shade seed, late 80s, early 90s. And, and, and have they, after... The-
5: they put a regular Connecticut seed, and they they grow a plant. They make some more seeds. Now it's a second generation right, seed, right? And that becomes a different thing.
7: Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're looking for the strongest plants, of course, and uh, you know the strongest seeds. But definitely, yeah. Yeah, They're so, developing a lot of companies are trying to to develop seeds that then can't be replicated by other companies. Right, so, right. Yeah. Uh, Corojo,
5: for instance, sure. that, uh, yeah. that uh, people are doing. Very very yeah. interesting. You got a mailbag you want
6: to squeeze in, Mr. Sure. Jay? This was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. And Scott writes, long ashes to the Cigar Authority long-time listener, second-time writer. Just wanted to take a moment and thank Dave, Mr. Jonathan, Barry, and Ed for signing and donating one of our unique cigar rests to the charity raffle. The cigar industry has always been an incredibly charitable and generous, and we all too often neglect to share and report it. Please consider your generosity and charity recognized and appreciated. Your efforts, although they may seem small to you, and I can hear Dave saying, why would anyone want our autographs? Uh, oh, will have a God. big impact on putting some stogies and cheroots into the mitts and kits of our servicemen and women around the world. Thank you. Hail, hearty Fellows, Long Ashes, and Short Putts. Signed, Scott, from Centerfire Cigar Rests. Yeah, the the shame that happened is that we cannot donate
5: cigars any longer. Crazy. To uh, to the servicemen and women... That are out there, and the number one asked for thing is cigars. And the cigar industry was so unbelievable from manufacturers all the way down to retailers, the amount that they would donate, and unfortunately that all went away.
7: Which is interesting because World War II, that's, you know, there was a program in place to have cigars being sent to troops overseas. Wow. So that was, you know, your pastime. Yeah. You know? And at the same time
5: that they make, um, Smoking, you have to be 21 now at a lot of places, but a serviceman can smoke at 18. The only problem is he can't get the cigar anymore. Madness. So the world's upside down. It's crazy stuff that's going. Right now it's time for the matchup of the week. Brought to you by VS. VS means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair Cigars. Which would you rather do in this hypothetical battle? Would you rather have your significant other Look through all your text chats and email history or your employer. And I'd be interested in both Barry and Jonathan on this, seeing they're employed by me. Oh, boy. You can look through my phone anytime you text want. Text chats and emails, because I know he's a sick bastard. So what, what more could I possibly say? My wife say? can,
6: too. I, I, anybody can look through my stuff. You got nothing to hide? Nothing. No. I share my browser history on here, so I have no problems. You just don't care? No. I'd probably, let, I'd probably let my wife go through everything before you. <laughs> you would? Probably. <laughs> All right. And okay. how about you? Anybody. We can go through it. No problem. Jonathan, maybe but who not. You,
5: you got to pick one here. Which, yeah. you, which would you
6: I'm rather? Picking, I'm picking my wife. I'd rather have my wife go through everything than you. You, because you're judgmental. You'd rather me. We, yeah. <laughs> Your wife's not. That's She's good. not judgmental. You, you're judgmental. I'd never hear the end of it. Your wife is not judgmental. Not about that stuff. No.
5: No. How about you, Ed Sullivan? I'm going with wife. She knows him. She knows I'm demented. My employers <laughs> pe- don't know. Two so. people don't want me to know what, how sick they really are.
4: Well, it's also like two weeks before Valentine's Day, so oh. I don't want my wife to know what I've been looking for a Valentine's gift. So
7: oh, Nice cover, it. buddy. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice cover. That was very good. A very good cover up. I'm going to let my employer go through my... Yeah. Yes? Yeah. I employ myself. So. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I'm self-employed, folks.
9: <laughs> right?
7: In case
5: this question comes up. Right. In the future. Now, look at anything you want. You, you just understand how boring I am. Ridiculous things I look up, uh, but I did look up your Sioux thing that you bought this week. Sous vide, sous vide. Do you know what
6: that is? No, no idea. Sous vide. It's a uh, it's a device that will attach itself to a pot, and it circulates the water and holds the water to within one degree of a given temperature. So we made steak. No stove needed. Right. We made steak this week, and I made it for everybody. And Ed Sullivan and Dave were tied up so they couldn't eat at the same time as everybody. So I just left theirs in their bags in the water. Plastic bags. So they were ready. So it stirred the steak. It just kept it at that temperature, and then you still sear it. And you can bring it up to the final temperature.
5: And you you cut the steak open, and it was absolutely perfect all the way through. Really? And supposedly restaurants are doing this
6: now, and you don't know it. Interesting. Yeah, you go to a high-end restaurant. If you ever, if you cut into a steak, you get something that's on the rare side, and you cut into it, you'll see the sear marks on the very top and the very bottom, and that's it. The rest of it is pink all the way through. Fascinating. If it's rare. Yeah. You're so psyched about it's, that. It's so the I. Best.
5: Yeah, I looked <laughs> it up, and I said it's pretty interesting that they're doing things in cooking that you never thought could happen,
6: but that's awesome. it's still happening. It's so you might be a disaster in the kitchen, but I'm pretty good in the kitchen, but I would I be know, a disaster say, yeah. blending cigars. Right. I want to try to use that in
7: the fermentation. I'd also. want to do
6: an all <laughs> Connecticut shade cigar, and then that's... It really, couldn't do yeah. that. I mean, you could,
7: but bitter, terrible. I think it would be a bit too much. Yeah.
6: I like
5: the, too much of a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> now you don't. <laughs> If you've ever had cigars when they do tasting seminars and things and they give you one kind of tobacco, it usually doesn't taste very good at all. And then you taste the other kind of tobacco, that doesn't taste very good at all. And here's the third one, that doesn't taste good. And then here they are, all three together, delicious. How does that
7: happen? The next time I see you, I'm going to remind me, I'll I'll roll one up for you. Yeah, something that's good? Well, no, it's Connecticut Shade. No, no, oh, yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> try Connecticut Shade. I'll, I'll bring some other good stuff.
5: Yeah. Yeah, Connecticut Shade by itself, I can't envision. I mean, it
7: should be nice and smooth. You're probably going to get a lot of bitterness,
4: potentially, yeah.
7: But you never know.
4: Well, Jonathan's a bitter person,
7: so. It'd be interesting to take different seeds, grow, some Connecticut Shade from Connecticut, from Ecuador, from Honduras, and different mm, areas. Try all of them. Try them
6: together, yeah. That could be interesting Could be the High Clare Castle 2
7: <laughs> Numero <laughs> no. due Yeah, we, we might, you might be seeing a new Highclere Castle at the show Ah, oh, we're
5: getting even so, more information here yeah. A little
7: bit more information Of a Maduro
5: version yeah, It's going to be a little bit darker leaf Yeah, yeah. good, yeah. good And would it be Connecticut Broadleaf? Mm, not necessarily no, that's not a no necessarily but so you never Candela. know i'm working on a few things no it's gonna be it's gonna be uh san andreas rapa
7: you know i've never worked on with, um, uh, the uh cuban cuban seed ecuador a lot some of the higher primings of cuban seed ecuador and
3: which, turn
7: that to maduro yeah Oh yeah, you well, know okay. all of the, you know a lot of companies you know use this, and you have a Sumatra seed in Ecuador, but the upper primings get really dark. Yeah, it's not going to be necessarily a triple Maduro, no. but it's going to be more yeah. than that. Uh, <laughs> you know, Colorado to Maduro, that Colorado Maduro. Colorado is a mist thing. Remember all
5: the brands that would have right. Colorado, Colorado, claro, claro, yeah, yeah. the
7: Punch Rothschilds, yes. Rothschilds, You know, you'd have yeah. uh, you know double
5: uh, the Maduro, Maduro, Oscuro.
2: yeah.
7: There used to be a much bigger clarification of color... It was a challenge from the store, because, you, get, you know, your guy would get stuck on the Colorado Maduro, and then you don't yes. only have that one. Yeah. Then you take them out and put them in that box, and they the
5: <laughs> With the punch, that they were uncellophane, un- unbanded cigars. Yeah. Just take them out of one and put it in the other. Oh, I got some right over here. Okay. And they were pretty
7: much the same as the Hoyer
5: yeah. ones, I think. It, it, was, was, just color, right. it was just a color-sorted thing. And there's manufacturers yeah. right now that have their natural and Maduro version as yeah. a simple color sorting is all that happens.
7: And that happened in the, the Indonesian Sumatra market, the Dutch, and the in the European market. They would have literally like 30 color sortings. I've seen it before. It's amazing. Yeah. Why well, put I yourself know. through that stress? Such a keen eye these people have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
5: yeah. There was uh, Puros Indios, remember? Puros Indios was yeah. my
7: favorite cigar in 1996. Yeah. Tom Selleck cr- episode, episode <laughs> ver- uh,
3: cigar aficionado. Oh, right. Okay.
7: 1996. That issue had Opus X number 2, Monte Cristo number 2, and the Poros Indios number 2, all with this 92 or 94 rating, yeah, all the same. It was on fire. I was actually
5: lucky enough, I was in the early, the first dozen retailers to end up having them. Couldn't even keep them in stock. Couldn't. I had was, to travel at least an hour and a half to find them. And in those days also, another hot thing that was there was Shape Cigars. Yeah. That they were on fire, and that was uh, partly because construction problems would happen, so people would go to... Shapes of guys, the best rollers were on them, yeah, and sure. uh, you'd have a better chance of, of it. I'm finding that shapes of guys for us anyway, and we went through all the sizes at the end of the year to see what's old, torpedoes and things. It's in, in interesting
7: because they were hot. Back they were then, hot. Getting a number two torpedo or a bellicoso—that yeah. was like the the end thing. Yeah, all the Hemingway stuff yeah. and
5: all that. Uh, which leads me to Cameroon. Do you have a around with Cameroon at you all? No. Is that the third of the grasshopper? Cam- you
7: know, you never know. I hear, that, I
5: hear that's dramatically improved over the years now. It's uh, I think there's been some improvements. Yeah.
7: Um, it's you know definitely a tough growing growing region and um Typically, the Cameroon was actually brought to Cameroon, Africa, I think, in their early 60s. It's a Sumatra seed that was brought to Cameroon and grown, and um, a lot of different political situations right. going on there and how tobacco is grown and Do you ever harvested. go there? No, I haven't no. been there yet. I was uh, t- I was told not to. I, I wanted to go years ago. Yeah. Uh,
5: Mirafeld, politi- yeah, when, sure. when he was still around. Sure. Um, he, I had talked to him, and I said, you know, I'd really like to go see it. And he said, no, you wouldn't. And I said, yes, I would would and we went to the back and forth for a while and he goes don't go yeah so it's that dangerous some political uh, instability yeah, there. yeah 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 so that's the way that is i have
4: a prediction not all grasshoppers are green so his rapper is going to be Ooh. cameroon and candela Ooh. A little pinstriping around it. Ooh. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do the pinstripe. I don't see him as that. I don't see that. But, don't a, know, but, but you a dual
7: wrapper, maybe? You never know. You might see some variation in between the pack of cigars. It mm. might not all be the same. Oh. Ah, you know? the, the one special green one that's in the middle of the you box. You never know.
5: And everybody goes to try to get the green one. The lucky, <laughs> the lucky one. Well, I'm lucky in my case. Chandela never took a good tasting to it although it was big there in the 50s 60s there yeah. it was yeah. it was and, and with domestic cigars machine-made cigars still to this day i mean they make millions and millions yeah. of candela uh wouldn't that life be easy if you were using candela yeah uh in an, an easy process but uh hopefully
7: i can develop uh, something that you could smoke all right i'm working on it. it's definitely a tough tough one to blend with i'll tell you who did it the best was we uh, skip martin Craft. okay nice he, yeah it's
5: for very good. It, it was I very good. I, w- I was shocked uh, that uh, yeah. I, I, if I, my eyes were closed, I probably wouldn't pick that out. When the,
4: thing. the whole Candela theme first started, well, not when it first started, but when they started doing the releases near St. Patrick's Day, Illusioni had did a uh, Candela. Yeah. Their first one was phenomenal. I never it's had one. it. That was a good one. Then swing. it yeah. changed a little bit, and it kind of disappeared. Yeah.
5: Tough one to sell. Yeah. That's a tough-selling one, uh, but one in the box would be okay.
7: You know? <laughs> variety is the spice of life, All they right. say.
6: This is and this focuses very tight lipped. And you're, you're, you not really. Us down, this show, I mean, I let us down these odd the rabbit holes that aren't, aren't going to mean anything. I'm not falling for this. Really, when not we do our show and I it, tell you my guesses, I don't know. This is guess. where they come from. I have these conversations with a lot of people and I get these ideas, and uh, comes from there. I think you're trying to throw me off because I nailed it that you have candela inside and you don't want to admit that. So you're trying to take us down this other road of maybe it's one. This guy. Yeah. It's not know that. that you know. Conspiracy theorist. I know. I'm a conspiracy factualist.
5: <laughs> 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 All right. I think we got some, some new things uh, that he's coming out with, though. I think we got some information, which is what we wanted to do. And we certainly learned a lot about. Uh, You're welcome Connecticut, Connecticut stuff. Anything you, you want to add to what you said about Connecticut that somebody doesn't would want to know or doesn't about, need to
7: know about Connecticut? Yeah. Um, you know, that's a good question. I don't it, know. It, is it going to go
5: away eventually? No,
7: I think it's it's really strong at this at this point. I mean, broadleaf has really come back into popularity over the past. Uh, well, 10, you got to look at 10, 10, generations.
5: Years. Is the, is the younger generation that the guy that has the farm now and he loves yeah. it and that's what he wants to have? Is the kid's going to say we're selling this?
7: Property. You're going to start seeing. I think eventually you're going to see a new sort of seed variety come out of Connecticut. With time. All right. So there's some there's some experiments constantly happening with the experiment station in, in Connecticut. And I think you're going to see an evolution because of the loss of the Connecticut shade seed over the years. Yeah. To, you know, maybe there's 50, 60 acres left in the valley of Connecticut shade being grown. Um, you're going to see either more of a Cuban seed variety um, or a hybrid of broadleaf and maybe some other seeds. Cool. Well, will I possibly
5: see Nick Melillo? Owning a tobacco farm in Connecticut someday? No comment.
7: Ah.
6: That means he already owns one. No, that's that's a non-denial.
5: <laughs> you know,
7: I'm honored right now we're on the Thrall Farms um, yes. in Connecticut and Windsor. And the Thrall family goes back to the 1600s in Connecticut and was one of the biggest shade growers in Connecticut. So it's a real honor to be right in one of one of the most historic farms in the, in the valley right now. So, But um, you're going to be seeing some interesting things from Foundation over All the right. next couple of years. I've
5: never had, uh, got the invite, but I'd like to come see it someday. The summer let's do it yeah let'd love it. to see it
7: and uh we should do another uh, presentation uh will go from uh 25 uh, uh 2.5 million years and we'll go through every detail there we go because we did it before the
5: show even started. He actually gave me a book, book on it. And uh, it, it's amazing that it's right here in our backyard. And uh, we, we have, of all odd places, Connecticut growing some of the best tobacco in the yeah. world. Dave and, just found yes. a way
6: to get an invite to yeah. go get... No, it's pizza great. again. Oh, pizza. He's, oh. He wants to go to get the pizza, oh. and he's also going to see you. Worcester Street Pizza, you're going to have to come <laughs> well, down. Oh, I
7: don't know that. We go, go to thinking, Frank Pepe. Pepe. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, Pepe. Frank's, that's Worcester oh. Street oh. in uh, New oh. Haven, Connecticut. Okay. Um, I actually live on, on that street. Really? You have two little <laughs> how, Italy. how are you so thin? <laughs> Italy, you, that's how I gained all the weight. Sure. <laughs> I was eating pizza, and they make uh, Fox and Park soda, which is a local soda. And I was whiling out on pizza, pizza and soda.
5: I love it. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, all the, are you in? Of all
7: course. The team <laughs> were cigar smokers, so that doesn't help over at Pepe's. So, uh, yeah, I would get. You into live the on front that of- street. I live right on that street. My great grandfather, when he came to Italy in 1920. Uh, first came to Worcester Street in that time. And there's early. a lot of good food out there. Incredible oh, yeah. food. New Haven's got some incredible food. But these this street, particularly Pepe's and Sally's, you have the coal ovens that are from the late 20s. That's mm. still in existence. So, I mean, there's lines around the block literally almost every day. And, and how is that compared to Frank Pepe's? Oh, Sally's is delicious too. It's
5: always the war oh. uh, between. Uh, yeah, we we have some, we'll, we'll, we'll be the do ju- a tasting thing. We we'll be both. the judge. We'll have yeah. a pie
4: each at one and a pie so, each of the other. So
5: coming back, yeah. we stopped at a Buffalo Hut wing place, right? right.
4: Yeah, which was surprisingly good. It was unbelievable.
5: Yeah. Any idea what that was? The Buffalo Wings place? Yeah. Yeah, is it a chain? No. Oh no, I'm not familiar with no, that. No, we were driving around. We, we just pulled off the road, road and said, yep. "Let's find something," and yeah. we found this gold, as far as I'm concerned, but we can't find it again.
4: That find was it. coming back from Mickey Blake's.
5: Journey. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. So, okay, suddenly so it was yeah. like 11 Saturday o'clock at night.
4: Nothing yeah. was open. We found this place that was open. And it was a 10. It was yeah. perfect. It was best wings I've had. Yeah. Beautiful
5: okay. Thing. All right, that's it. Thank you so much for coming Gosh, on the show. Thanks for having great. me. Thanks for staying yeah, on I through the whole thing. Uh, final thoughts here on
6: Aroa CBT. What do we think? I'm still I'm picking up that, uh, that clove sweetness. Like if you had a honey-baked ham, and you just doused it with a little clove to it.
5: (laughs) Some crickets. Ed Sullivan says you're not even close.
4: Apricots,
7: licorice, a little bit of cedar. Mine tastes like raw egg. (laughs) Yes, still. Yeah. Yeah. Still. The viscosity of a raw egg.
5: Mr. Jonathan, last chance to redeem yourself. No. Because everybody's gonna, gonna get mail on this one. That's fine. Big talker. So I'm gonna stop bringing cash every single week because he talks a talk. Yeah, I'll do it, and he's not gonna do anything. You lowered the price. It was like five hundred dollars before, and then now you drop it down to four, twenty, but
6: three for twenty. Well yeah. I said fifty dollars, you said I'll do three, and
5: I said, Okay, three for twenty.
6: For five hundred no, that was Barry. For five hundred dollars I'll eat six eggs. Five hundred. Five hundred? Crazy means he won't do it. That's it. Okay, that's it for us.
5: Uh, next week we're talking value cigars, cigar brands that are underrated because they are underpriced. They'll get, they would get more attention if they were priced higher. We're going to look into that. I think there's something that, and we'll be the judge. Until then,
6: you've been listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network, and uh, you've actually probably learned something over the last two hours. But always remember to keep the lid end out of your mouth.